As any Star Wars nerd will recognize, that's the futuristic sound of little droid R2-D2. I'm hanging out with R2 right now at Geek Girl Con in Seattle. Nerd subcultures have a reputation for not being very welcoming to women and non-binary folks. Comics conventions can be the definition of a male-dominated space, where harassment can be a big problem, and panels often tend to be male-heavy and white-heavy. So in 2011, a group of intersectional feminist nerds founded their own convention, Geek Girl Con. This year, about 8,500 fans descended on the Seattle Convention Center for panels ranging from rolling for boob size, being a woman in a masculine D&D world, to getting away with murder, forensic science in TV and movies. All around me right now are women dressed as Miyazaki characters, Steven Universe gems, and Ghostbusters. Running all around R2-D2 are little girls dressed as Rey from Star Wars, and riding the escalator as a mom dressed as the doctor with a little baby Dalek. It's like being in an alternate reality for most conventions, where women and people of color aren't an afterthought squished into one panel on diversity, but front and center at all times. While pop culture creators often overlook women, Geek GirlCon shows what a huge, diverse, and loyal fan base is out there. I brought along my microphone to ask Geek GirlCon attendees for advice on navigating sexism and racism in their lives. Also, we did a shout out on the last propaganda episode, asking you all, the listeners, to call in with your stories. So here are tips and anecdotes from Geek GirlCon attendees and propaganda listeners about what they've learned about navigating patriarchy. My name is Morgan. I'm a local events producer and DJ in the greater Seattle area. Okay, so Morgan, you said you have a lot of experience navigating sexist areas. Can, can you tell me where you find yourself navigating those scenes and what's one piece of advice you have? Well, uh, being a DJ is definitely a very male-dominated field. There's a lot of times where I show up and there's kind of... Uh, there's two ways that it can go. Either I'm not dressed up enough and people are kind of like, oh, who are you? You're not really here to perform and entertain us. Or if I'm dressed up too much or I look too sexy or whatever, um, then people assume, oh, you're not really a DJ or you must be lacking in skills somehow. Um, it's definitely a very male-dominated field. It's a very male-dominated industry. There's a lot of ways that I'm kind of dismissed as a model DJ rather than an actual functioning DJ. Um, and even just the club and dance communities and scenes in general has a lot of sexism and predatory behavior. There's a lot of men who come out just to creep on women. And one of the most effective ways that I have found to deal with that is to just kind of in my mind, I call it projecting the alpha stance, where you know uh, there have been many times where I see men displaying predatory behavior, which once you know what to look for is very obvious, and standing in the DJ booth, arms crossed, looking at them, staring at them, being like, hey, I see you, I'm watching you, I know what you're doing. More than once, I've seen a guy, once they realize that they're being watched by someone who is an employee, simply take their jacket and leave. My name is Julia Wateki and I'm 15 years old. I'm a Girl Scout and we had to earn our Silver Award. And so about a year ago in May, well actually it was this year in May, I held a leadership conference to decrease the stigma on menstrual health and we raised over $1,500 for girls in need of feminine hygiene products around the world. And we had a uterus pinata and other things that helped decrease the men uh, menstrual stigma. 
And then the uterus pinata just makes it sillier, I guess, and more easy to talk about. And so it decreases that shame and that um, stigma, I guess, yeah. Hi, my name's April, and I just want to talk about an experience I had at a networking event that was put on by the Democratic Party of my state. So I walked into this event and noticed a man that I'll refer to as Head Honcho. He's very high up in the Democratic Party, so I thought to myself, ooh, I need to go meet this guy. So I noticed he was surrounded by a group of young men. They were all laughing and talking. And I just thought, I'll go join the conversation. So I walked up, made a space for myself in the circle, but was immediately met with almost a sense of hostility. I felt very unwelcome. Nobody looked at me or acknowledged me. They just continued on with their conversation, but I still sensed such a deep feeling of discomfort that I was there. But at that point, I felt it would be even more awkward if I walked away. So I decided to just hope for a break in the conversation so that I could introduce myself and just stood there feeling awkward for about four or five minutes until finally a young man walked up and he stood right beside me, basically did the exact same thing I did, just made a space for himself in the circle and stood there. And seconds later, Mr. Head Honcho leaned right past me, extended his hand to this young white man and said, hi, welcome, what's your name? So I was furious that this guy got invited to the conversation immediately and I just stuck my hand in Mr. Hedoncho's face and said, and I'm April. (laughs) And I've seen this man several more times since then at different events. I don't think he's a bad person. I think he does care about equality. I don't think he realized that he had treated me with such disrespect. My name is Christina. I'm 26 years old, and this is my story of feeling like a minority in a male-dominated place. Uh, When I was 23 years old, I'm pretty fresh out of college, I got a job as a scientist for a construction-based company in the Bay Area of California. I was put in a full-time field position, um, meaning like hard hat, steel toe boots, the whole nine. Um, So... In their perspective, a few problems arose, um, you know, when I walked in on my first day. First, I was a woman. I was the only woman in the field. Uh, Second, I was a young woman, in some cases 30 years younger than um, the men who I was managing. Uh, Many had spent over two decades in the construction industry third problem, I was an attractive woman by kind of general societal standards. So I was completely foreign to this group of men and now I was their boss. So from here an interesting dynamic unfolded. Um, I went into this thinking that playing the cool girl would earn me the respect I needed as their manager. and this backfired. Um, The first issue was uh, sexual harassment. It started off fairly harmless. Men would leave me complimentary notes on my car and write on my windows. 
um, but eventually it turned into, you know, um, a picture being taken of my butt every time I bent over to grab a shovel, um, and then that photo being circulated between all the men on the shift. <laughs> um, it took me a really long time, sadly, to build up the courage to stand up for myself over these sorts of things. Um, but I had gotten in so deep being everybody's buddy that no one really took my threats seriously. Um, eventually I got some guys in trouble and things quieted down for a while. Um, but after that I didn't realize that um, a couple of the guys I had written up had fostered a resentment towards me and it kind of came to a head when one man started using the women's bathroom on site and would leave it a mess when he was done. Um, I asked him to stop. He didn't. Um, I wrote him up. Um, I started to lock the women's bathroom uh, behind me when I left, when I wasn't on site, so that he couldn't use it. And a week later, he squeezed super glue into the lock so that I couldn't get my key in. Uh, and of course, it was on a day that I had started my period and had to run to the Taco Bell across the street <laughs> to change my tampon. <laughs> um, so I quickly had this man fired um, and, you know, for about six months after that, received from him um, threatening, violent, and extremely hateful text messages because somehow, based off the way I had presented myself or, you know, social media stalking, he had figured out that I was um, bisexual or at least, you know, not uh, identifying as straight. So um, he harassed me for many months after he was fired until I finally blocked all of his phone numbers. <laughs> um, I guess at the end of the day, uh, I would just like to say that now I don't take crap from nobody. <laughs> um, and I learned a lot. Hi, Sarah. This is Matt. I'm a teacher from Stanford, Connecticut and I teach eighth grade English. Um, a, a teacher and I have this club called Wave 3, and it's like a, um, it's a feminism club where we kind of focus on all these ideas of gender equality. We explore topics with the kids. There's about, well, la I haven't started it up this year yet, but last year we had, oh, probably about 15 kids. There would be 10 to 15 kids there each meeting at least. Um, well, I mean, sometimes it would be four kids or five kids, depending on what was going on. But um, we would uh, kind of teach each other about things, read articles on stuff, and then we would have a bulletin board outside in the hallway, and then we would try to kind of, uh, you know, make whatever we had learned into a some, something that would work on a bulletin board so that when other kids walked by, they could read it. We even made a zine once. Um, just a few pages. We made it look subversive. It was dope. It was very, very cool. An English teacher always has to use examples, and every teacher has to use examples. I just try to make my my examples non-heteronormative, non-cis-normative, you know what I'm saying? Instead of, you know, Jack and Jill went somewhere, just Jack and Frank went somewhere, or Jill and, you know, uh, Jane went somewhere, or whatever. Those are just a few ways I do things. Um, I'm sure there's a plenty of other things uh, that we could talk about. And uh, that's all. Thanks a lot.
Hi Sarah, this is Shell. I work in the construction industry. So does my friend Sam. She works in an office of almost all men. I work out on construction sites where I am typically the only woman. During one of her first weeks of work, Sam was on her way out of the office when she passed the conference room where all of the guys in her office were drinking beers and watching the Entourage movie. They invited her in, but after about 20 minutes, she was disgusted by the content of the movie and left. This office is a complete boys club of alpha males clashing heads, and her first bonding activity was an uncomfortable experience where she couldn't feel included. One of the worst things I heard on a construction site was just last year. I had to pass out paperwork to truck drivers and keep track of how many rounds of trucks left the site each day. The superintendent on my site came up to me one day that a few of the trucks hadn't returned in a timely manner and said, we should put a low cut top on you and have a sign that says coffee, tea, or me come back for another round and we'll see if the truck drivers don't come back faster. After Sam worked at for the office for a year, proving herself to be one of the most competent and useful members of the team and performing complicated tasks that no one else had the expertise to do, she is still the one in the office who is asked to order lunch when there's a meeting. Very often on construction sites, I am accused of not smiling. I may be walking with purpose to inspect one end of the site and pass a group of men who I have never interacted with and never will need to interact with when I receive an accusation. Don't look so happy to be here. Well, sir, I didn't realize that I was just here to look pretty. I bet if I was a man walking through the site, you wouldn't expect them or demand them to look excited or enthusiastic on their way to do real work. I'm lucky that Sam and I have each other to vent to. Since I've started working in the construction industry, I've begun to value my female and gender non-conforming friendships so much more. I really enjoy the work that I do. I just wish that men would understand how isolated we are in this field and change their behavior accordingly. Thanks to Morgane, Julia, April, Christina, Sam, and Shell, and everyone else who called in to share their stories.